Hey, this is Nicholas Brown, and welcome back to another episode of the Second Sticks Podcast. My guest today is Chris Blackstone. Chris works as a set electrician. Enjoy. So I'm here with Chris Blackstone. Please tell us what you do in the film industry. Uh, yeah, hi, I'm Chris Blackstone. Thanks for having me, Nick. Um, Thanks for being with me. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so I'm an uh, I'm an electrician. I work in the lighting department and uh, movies and television. Um, but I also do a little rigging on the side as well. Um, work in the rigging department. On the last show I was on, um, but I kind of kind of spread out between uh, doing set lighting and uh, electrical work and rigging. Okay, cool. So what are some of the cool projects that, you, that you've been on? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> mostly TV, a lot of TV. As, as you know, we've worked on quite a few things together. Right. But, um, oh, geez, Hunger Games and, you know, some Marvel stuff and um, finished up a couple of years ago, The House with the Clock in Its Walls. That was a oh, you did that one? Eli Roth movie. Yeah, yeah. That they shot a that a fun. couple of years ago? Um, well, at this point it was 20, late 2017. So, oh, okay. So yeah, now we're 2019. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> it just seems like it's so new. I don't remember. I mean, it just feels it like did it did just like, come out, you know but yeah, we've, yeah. we've, yeah. So what got you interested in working in film? Oh, wow. Um, I've actually been interested in, uh, working in film my whole life. Uh, ever since I was a kid, I, uh, Grew up, spent a lot of time watching movies, TV, and uh, I was always so fascinated by the names at the end, you know, watching the credits, seeing the different departments, uh, just I was completely uh, fascinated by what it took to put together what I had just watched, you know, it was more than just being entertained by the movie or the TV show, I, I kind of fantasized about what it really took to put it together, Right. just kind of how my brain works, so yeah, ever since I was a little kid, I really wanted to be in the movies. I knew it's something I wanted to do. I didn't necessarily know where I would end up or what I wanted to do in the business. I knew I just wanted to be part of that process that, that gets the product done. So did you go to like school for it? Is this something, so you, as a child, you decided you wanted to do this. Did you like, did you have that dream up until now or is it, did you kind of sideline yourself a little bit or? Um, well, no, I mean, straight out of high school, I, uh, I, you know, pursued a, a film career in, in college and um, I didn't necessarily know still at that time where I wanted to be or what I wanted to do. I always had a love of, um, of the camera and kind of figured I might end up um, being a camera operator, you know, <laughs> go right in and start right, being a right, camera operator. And, yeah, for someone that had no idea how the film business actually works at that time, that I thought that was going to be an easy thing to do. Well, of course you did. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought I would be directing. Yeah, well, know, straight out of college, everyone, so. right? Everyone wants to be a director. <laughs> so, uh, but I, uh, you know, I went to film school, and we at the film school I went to, we ran through all the different types of departments. Uh, you know, from screenwriting to set design to construction of sets um, themselves. And so I kind of picked up a little bit here and there about each little department and 
I st- at that time, I still really didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I was getting closer to actually getting my foot in the door and right. getting into the business. So um, I had met some friends uh, there at college, and um, a few of them, this was in Florida, by the way. Okay. Um, Is that where you're from? Yeah, I'm originally from Florida. Okay. okay. So um, while I was there, I met some great people who ended up moving uh, to North Carolina, um, working in Wilmington, uh, and they... You know, they houted me for a couple of years after after school to uh, get up there. There was a lot of work, so I I made short visits uh, here and there, and we made some short films and did some small writing together. And it wasn't really anything professional. It was all still very um, much independent kind of work. Right. Um, and uh, and so from there, uh, I actually did decide to move. I I was I was. Uh, selling Chinese food at the time, uh, delivering, excuse me, delivering Chinese food <laughs> at the time, uh, you know, just trying to get by. I uh, didn't really know what I could do. I, I took some small jobs in Florida. I worked on a movie as a PA and um, did some rigging with the events that go on there. And uh, But it really wasn't taking off. The Florida at the time, there was no production right, um, right, right. going on. So, um they, they kept bugging me, and I, I had about $200 to my name, so I said, you know what, I'm going to just load up everything in my car and just head to North Carolina, and uh, that's what I did. And it worked out for you pretty well. <laughs> um, not right away. It, well, of it, course. It, it took a while, um, but it was a good first step. It right, was right, a, right. a needed step, because uh, there wasn't, definitely didn't have anything, uh, any kind of future down where I was. Did you end up moving to Wilmington? The hotbed of uh, North Carolina film. At the yeah, time. and at that time it, it really was. There was um, quite a few productions going on, um, and unfortunately, when I got there, everything kind of slowed down. So, I worked um, a few things here and there. I got um, hired mostly as a PA. I did uh, first thing I did in Wilmington actually worked as a uh, locations PA. Um, that was an interesting job. It wasn't really what I wanted to be doing. I don't think anyone really wants to be a PA forever. <laughs> right, right, right. But you, I'm sure you met enough, you know. Oh, I started that... making lots of connections. Right. I started um, understanding how uh, how things work on a set. You know, getting familiar with being on a set, which um, helped a lot. So uh, from there, I ended up actually getting out of the business for a little while um, because because really? as I said work started drying up um, started going out to other areas and I just wasn't getting calls um, people were moving away and so I, I was kind of stranded for a little bit um, and I actually ended up selling meat door to door so you're still delivering but instead of Chinese it was meat <laughs> yeah yeah I was uh, I was a, a meat salesman I, I was doing what I had to do to get by you know and I've been there. I've sold knives before. Yeah, so, so you know, I mean, <laughs> you can't always stay busy in this business, right. so you do what you can. Um, and I still really wasn't doing it um, professionally, I guess. You know, I, I, I wasn't making enough of it to, to for it to be a career. At that right, point. right, right. So I had to do what I could to, to pay the rent. Yeah, you weren't supporting yourself strictly with film at no, that point. No, not at all. What was the point when you finally got that call that ended up being like the one job that got you you know, solidified you as a, as a career you know, electrician or not necessarily a career electrician, but like you were supporting yourself with film. Um, I'd say it was around 2007 was about the, uh, start of the first season army wives here in Charleston. Um, 
recurring theme. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot, well, a lot of people in this area got brought together because of that show. Um, and uh, I had been doing some electrical work uh, for a couple years at that point um, in Wilmington. But like I said, it wasn't steady enough for me to consider not having another job. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and uh, so I got a call um, from some friends. They asked me to come out and uh, work on the rigging crew. And, uh, and I was still living in Wilmington at the time. And I came to Charleston. And as soon as I came to Charleston, I immediately fell in love with it. And uh, yeah. Uh, I was so glad to, to have been here and um, started working that first season of Army Wives. And uh, from there, that's really what kind of propelled my career and my uh, me kind of doing the film business full time. Um, I was I did the entire first season. And then, you know, as you know, it got brought back for a second, third. Right. All know, the way to all the way seven. to seven seasons. And so I worked the whole the whole series. Wow. Um, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. That's I, impressive, man. Uh, yeah, I worked the whole series, and uh, that was a good, solid six years of uh, just hustling hard, working TV um, eight months out of the year, and then doing a feature and the time off, and then coming right back. And it was a it was a very busy uh, time of my life, but uh, man, I'm at that point I, I made so many connections and friends and right. really started understanding my craft better and um, I say really that was the point that kind of got me going professionally that must have been business. a couple of really great the first like three or four seasons had like 22 or 24 episodes yeah right? they were really like long really I mean run. it was it was like eight months straight of just that's impressive <laughs> yeah long days you know how, it, how yeah it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of talked about this but you know, what was your, once you really got into film, what do you think was your original long-term goal? And do you still have that same goal? Like, what is your long-term goal now? Hmm. My long-term goal, I guess, uh, at the time, my long, when I first started, my long-term goal was to just get in and, and, and find, find the, the niche that fit me and find the, the, you know, department that that um, I felt most comfortable in right um, which happened to be the lighting department I just kind of fell in with um, a lot of the guys there that um, had hired me and I got along with really well and I understood the you know the technical side of it very well and enjoyed um, lighting and um, you know getting power set up and all that so right um, yeah so my long-term goal like I said was just to get in and and stay in because it's the only thing I've ever wanted to do was be in the film business. So it's, right. Um, um, and I, today it's still my long-term goal <laughs> is to just do this. Just keep doing it. For as long as I can. Right. I mean, I, I honestly don't see myself being able to do anything else. Um, I'm not, you know, a corporate type person. I couldn't sit in a, a cubicle all day no. or an office uh, answering phone calls and that kind of stuff. I, I really enjoy the the freedom that this business allows you to, you know, flex your artistic abilities and right, right, right. mental abilities. So what does it feel like the first time you saw your name in the credits? Cause you know, you said you used to see it oh, as a kid, man. You know, it's, it feels the same as it did the first time. Every time, every time I see my name in the credits, it's, you know, I, I well up cause it's just something right. that I, you know, grew up always wanting to see uh, my name amongst the, yeah, you know, whatever else, everything else up there meant. And, uh, 
I feel kind of dorky because I'm the same way. Like, I will literally watch, like, if I'm watching, like, Mr. Mercedes or something, I will watch the credits. Yeah. Every episode. Oh, yeah. It's like, I know it's coming. Well, I always had such a huge respect for, even as a young kid, I had so much respect for the people, the amount of people that it would take, you know, as the credits would roll. You're just like, wow, it's, there's, it really is so many people for this little bit of entertainment that you're watching. Right. uh, Yeah, it was just very impressive to me, so... Yeah, it's uh, every time I see my name in the credits, it's a Puts fantastic a smile on your face. feeling. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what is something that surprised you about the film industry once you finally started working? Mm. Well, there's a lot of surprising things about this business. <laughs> it's so unconventional and so different from any kind of career. I don't I don't think you can really go in with any expectations and right. and have them met, you know. Well, it's, the thing is, yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like everyone thinks if you don't work in film, you have an idea of you see the glamorous parts of it and you watch the movie and you're like, "Oh my god, they must have fun all the time. This must be amazing." And then you you realize that you have no idea what well, it's like. And it can really look like that from the outside, you right. know. You you just walk onto a set and you see all these people running around and talking and joking or doing whatever they're doing and you think wow this this just looks it doesn't look like a job but it very much is a right a hard a hard working job what really surprised me most i think um i know a lot of people probably say the hours um hours really didn't surprise me uh, as much i was happy to you know be there and right. be working as much as i could because um, i just enjoy being on set as much um as much as i can but what really surprised me was the amount of personalities that are on set and just the amount of freedom that everyone kind of has to be their own person and get their job done. Whereas, you know, most jobs are very corporately structured or, you know, you're doing your one task all day long and that's what it is. And you go home at five right. o'clock and, you know, whatever. So, and it, it just, I guess I really didn't expect the the structure of how it is behind the scenes. It's kind of freeing in a way as it, a job. It, it is, you know, you, you really do f- feel like you have um, more autonomy than you would in any other kind of job. Um, not that there isn't any, you know, structure to, to what each department has to do, but, um, right. you know, for the most part, people really um, are allowed to be themselves and, um, it's refreshing to see that. So yeah. I think that was surprising. I think I was expecting it to be more of like a kind of a corporate structure since, um, you know, you're working for giant corporations. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's an interesting thing too, or I'm used to it now, but it's like a lot of the department heads, like for me, the DP or whatever, like I've worked with a ton of them that are like, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they'll crack open a beer with you, you know what yeah. I mean? Or like, or, you know, go out to dinner or something. It's like, what are you guys doing tonight? It's like, let's go have dinner. It's yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, how, I guess for lack of a better word, how normal everyone is, you know, right. you, you think, Oh, you're working on this show and you're working with this huge big time DP and you're kind of a little standoffish about approaching them or, you know, you don't want to get in their way. You, you, you know, you feel a little, uh, um, intimidated by them. Right. But then once you start working on set and you're there next to these people all day long, you get to know them and you realize everyone's just there to do their job. And it's the same with the actors too, which is funny because like, I feel like that's one for me, that was one of the most intimidating things because the actors, you see them on TV, you see them in movies and stuff and you're like, Oh my God, this is, you know, blah, blah, blah or whatever. And then you start joking around with them and you realize, Oh, they think the same things are funny that I think are funny. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh yeah. You know, it's just a weird, 
I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's just a weird transition. It is weird. I mean, I guess when you're not in it and you're first getting in it, you do have those reservations of like, oh, I, you know, these are big time stars. These are people that, uh, you know, you see everywhere and, and you don't really know how to, how to approach them or how to be around them until you realize that they're just very, you know, mostly normal and, right. and treat you normally. And it's just, you know, it's just, everyone's basically just hanging out, making a movie. They're just a different department than you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. all at work. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's funny. I remember my first, one of my first days on army. Wise, probably my first day. Cause I was in set. I was a set PA. This was season six. Um, Sterling Brown, Sterling K Brown. Mm-hmm. I remember I was locking up a door and I opened the door for him and he goes, Hey man, I like a haircut. And I <laughs> couldn't tell if he thought that I was somebody else. <laughs> Because I don't think I'd, he, I'd never met him. Yeah. Or if he just liked my haircut, but I was blown away. Yeah. Uh, this man just spoke to me, mm-hmm. you know, and I think I went home and told everyone that I knew that Sterling K. Brown told me I had a nice haircut. <laughs> but it's just funny looking back on that now. I'm like, he's just being know, nice. He's just because nice. he's a nice dude, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just, but you don't, ex- you almost don't expect that from, right. from them, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So it's Monday morning. You're, you're a set electrician. Mm-hmm. Tell me. How does your day go? What, what do you do? Well, um, I mean, first thing I like to do is, you know, make sure anyone who needs power can get to it. Um, cause obviously, uh, we're the ones, only ones who know where all that power is. Right. And, uh, Super helpful for the camera department. Yeah, exactly. I try to get video and camera and sound and everyone who needs it, get them set up right away. Cause they're going to want to be able to get sound rolling and cameras up and get an image. And yep. so that's to me is one of the most important things. Make sure whoever needs power, getting that out and ready to go. Um, and then from there, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I don't know if, uh, you've, anyone has brought up the, uh, uh hurry up and wait. <laughs> We've talked about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it is a lot of hurry up and waiting. Um, you know, you just, for me, I try to pay attention to everything that's going on. If there's something I can jump in and help with, or if there's, uh, something I see that can be taken care of to mitigate something down the road. And, you know, later on in the day, I try, you know, I just, I really just try to stay as busy as I can. Um, the hurry up and wait thing, it really is, you know, you're waiting on actors or camera and you might not have something you immediately need to be doing, but there is always something that can be done. So, um, you know, I just, I spend a lot of time trying to stay focused, you know, paying attention, safety stuff a lot of safety stuff really um especially since we're dealing with high voltage and right uh wires that can trip people and um that sort of thing so we really just make sure that um we can be as safe as possible and um provide the needs of others whoever needs it and then obviously um making sure my my bosses the gaffer and the dp are happy with whatever they need and um that they're paying attention for them and um, can be available at, you know, at any moment. Right. Cause it is a, it's a, it's a obviously a fast paced, uh, business once we get going. So, yeah. um, you really need to be, uh, available and paying attention as much as possible. So, yeah, it's always a good, a good tip to like be with an eye shot and ear shot, especially the eye shot with the DP or like the gaffer maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, for me as a camera assistant, it's like, I always want to be kind of around where the DP is, or if not the DP, my operator, whatever camera I'm on, or my first, you know what I mean? So that way, if someone, I don't want them to have to look around. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and sometimes I'm guilty of, you know, stepping in the cart or something, and 
my first will be like, where the hell are you? You know, but that <laughs> oh, happens. Course, yeah. But uh, most of the time you want to try to stay with an eye or earshot. Yeah. So that way, if they look your direction, you can walk over, you know, what do you, what's up? What do you need? You know, like. Well, and the, and the days can be long enough already as it is. So uh, being there and paying attention and being available can help kind of move the day along even faster. If, you know, right. nobody's waiting on you, then that's best. Yeah. yeah <laughs> then yeah, you yeah. can make that, you know, maybe 14 hour day turn into a 12 hour day or whatever it is. Sometimes so. it's easier too to just leave your phone in the cart. <laughs> yeah. Cause if, if, you know, it's 2019 now phones can be distracting. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, well, I'm like, like I said, I'm guilty of it. And <laughs> sometimes I'll just be like, all right, phone stays in the cart, stand by. I'm just going to go stand by the camera and just, that's where I'm staying. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, my day consists mostly of, you know, just paying attention and prepping and, and, making sure the set is lit properly and powered properly. And cool. uh, it's about 12 to 14 hours of just that. That's right. <laughs> Get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. All right, so lastly, what is a piece of advice that you would give someone who's studying film as a career? Uh, get on set. Just whatever you can do, get on set. Um, it doesn't matter what you want to do or what your aspirations are. Um, most important first step is getting on set. If you can get your foot in the door, if you can start meeting people, learning how to um, work on set, you know, how, how, how things move, getting um, used to the lifestyle, because it is a very demanding and different kind of lifestyle from any, any kind of other career, I think. Right. I mean, it, yep. it takes a lot out of you. Um, you know, you will spend months away from your family and friends you'll you know you'll be gone 15 hours a day and sleeping the other hours in the day yep. so it really takes a lot out of you so it's you know it's glamorous but it's also not um for everybody and right and i think that's probably a lot of people get into it and think oh I, you know it's so glamorous and so wonderful and i can't wait to do it and then they understand the realities of oh i'm working 80 hours a week right for six months straight, can I handle that? You know, so well, it's, I think going into what you just said, it's like, I feel like it is a very hard transition and it was hard for me. I say to anyone out there who gives it a shot and has a tough time, like just stick with it. Give yourself, you know, more than a couple of months of like doing this to kind of try to let you, you have to retrain your mind in a way. Oh, absolutely. Because if I'd have given up, you know, I would be really, really, I'd be upset with myself. Yeah. And I'm glad I didn't because I love it now. And well, I and you imagine. really, you really do have to be dedicated to the job because of how demanding it is. So if it's, you know, if it's something you absolutely want to do and love and you don't see yourself being able to do anything else, um, I guess understanding the realities of working on movies and TV and, and, and just getting on set, um, it would be the most important first step. Right. Um, Cause that I wish I had someone had told me that when I first started. Yeah. Cause, uh, you know, I guess unless you're really studying film theory, going to film school is, in my opinion, not really the best route to go. Cause right. is I went to film school and I didn't prepare me a bit for what actually being on a film set is like. You know, I yeah. get to touch some equipment and make some some short films, but it's just not the same at all. It's actually being on a set and working those hours right. and, you know, being with all those people. So that's why I think we have a thing in town called like PA boot camp or something. Really? You heard about that? No. 
Yeah. Um, but it's like, that's like practical, like entry level training. Boot camp. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not sure who runs it, but I heard about it. Okay. So interesting. It is an interesting thing to look into if you're out there listening and you're uh, interested in, I mean, look up and see if wherever you live, if there's a PA bootcamp, because like, that's going to be a really good thing to learn, you know, beforehand. Cause it, it, it's, it can be very confusing. Uh, when you show up your first day, if you're a PA and you know nothing. Oh yeah. And, (laughs) and no one's going to tell you when you're on set what to do. Everyone just, if you're on set, everyone expects you to know what you're right. supposed to be doing. And everyone else is just too busy to, I mean, exactly. most of the time they're too busy to eat, stop and give you instructions. So. You, I mean, people will help you out. Sure. But you, you definitely have to have your, uh, you know, you really need to kind of know the basics, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Cause if you're just standing there in a blur, right. You know, you're not, you're not being helpful. You're not doing your job. So right. <laughs> Yeah. So I, can, I think that's it, Chris. Thank you so much for being with me on the Second Six Podcast, man. Yeah. I had a great time. Yeah, I had a great time too, man. Thanks, Thanks for having me. This Thanks. was a good conversation. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Second Sticks Podcast. As always, you can contact me via email at thesecondstickspodcast at gmail.com, Instagram at thesecondstickspodcast, or Twitter at secondstickspod. If you enjoyed the show, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes and subscribe. Also, for those who love the show and are interested in lending their support, I've set up a Patreon page where you can donate at www.patreon.com slash the Second Sticks Podcast. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.